Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream. Let's get underway. Saturdays were made for this. The biggest names and the biggest games are right here. Triple M rocks the Thanks to our mates at King G. Welcome to the Triple M Saturday Scrub. Great to be with you. Just one hour uh, to share with you, uh, MG, Reedy, Gerds, Tony Squires. With you, Jai Arrow is going to join us. Uh, we're also going to chat with the legend that is Wally Lewis. He's going to play a bit of Believe It or Not, Reedy's Mail. Not sure exactly how we're going to jam all that we have to talk about into the hour that we have left. Uh, for those of you who have been following uh, what's going on in, in Sydney and throughout Australia, in terms of these COVID cases, uh, the announcement that there are 29. 17 of which, of course, I think were from yesterday, but 29 is the number. Uh, and the sad thing, and there was a crisis cabinet meeting in New South Wales, it's that some of the exposure sites were from outside of those local government areas that have already been locked down. Uh, so that information will come across. And if you live in Sydney, that uh, as it escalates, news updates every half hour, you can get the latest COVID news on the Listener app, download it now and search for news. Uh, Reedy, what does it mean in terms of games? Uh, already the Roosters, their game is in Newcastle against the Storm. Yeah, that game's been moved. I think that was Friday night, Thursday night. I can't remember the top of my head. But the other game I, I, I would ima- imagine that's in jeopardy at the moment is Cronulla's game against Brisbane uh, at Suncorp Stadium. I think it's next Saturday from memory. So um, I think that, or Sunday, sorry, it's Sunday afternoon, that game. So um, I spoke to some people about it yesterday. At that's, this stage, it hasn't been moved, but I would suggest given what's going on, there's a chance that that game, well, if it's not moved, they may have to... Uh, fly in and fly out the day of the game or, or um, obviously find ways to, to negotiate the border and, and the Queensland government. So um, there's plenty going on at the moment and, and Andrew Abdo is a very busy man trying to sort it all out. Mm. Indeed, I think he's come back from Brisbane uh, as has Peter Volandis. A few people didn't get in there for State of Origin tomorrow evening. The New South Wales team in a fairly strict bubble. They have a captain's run this afternoon but then they're in uh, strict protocols where they're in their hotel. Uh, that's all, of course, so that game can go ahead. It is a huge one. It is State of Origin Origin to Suncorp Stadium tomorrow evening. You'll hear it right here on Triple M. Look at Matt being my birthday this week. It's Macca's 50th birthday. Donald's oh, wow. 50th Aguna, birthday. First one in uh, New South Wales. Is that right? Yeah. That's, that's massive. Origin hasn't been going that long. It's been going for 41 years, though, State yeah. of Origin. A man who has shone over State of Origin in uh, every capacity. Uh, through all that is joining us right here, right now, is the great Wally Lewis. G'day, Wally. Hello, boys. How are we? Uh, very, very well, thank you. Hey, you must have been chuffed. I mean, you had so many things, statues, all the things that uh, you have quite richly deserved. But I see the uh, that mural in Roma Street in Brisbane with 10 legends of Queensland Rugby League and Origin. There you are amongst, you know, JT, Darren. Lockyer, Cam Smith, uh, you with the crown on the head. That must make you feel good. Oh, mate, it's a, it's an honour, um, you know, and I've got to say a very big thank you to uh, uh, to the general public uh, for the support, but, uh, to you know, to, to be alongside some of the uh, the names there, the Cam Smiths, the Lockies, the Jonathan Thurston, it's, uh, it really is an honour. And, of course, um, um, the late, great Arthur Beetson, a man that uh, basically was the backbone for State of Origin when it kicked off. Had it not been for Arthur, um, we may have reverted to uh, to just normal state of uh, to normal interstate games um, without that success. So Arch was the uh, the backbone of uh, of Origin history and certainly deserves to be remembered that way. 
Well, what was your memory of that first game when they told everyone that, you know, basically, boys, you're going to be playing for your home state? And, um, like, the, that first game, I remember it was such a big event because I think it was on a Tuesday yeah. night, maybe. Um, I was allowed yep. to start late for the first time and watch footy uh, late at night because my old man said, mate, this is something different. We haven't seen this before, and I'll tell you what it was. What was the build-up like as far as the players, you know, competing in the game were concerned? Yeah, it was enormous, MG. I mean, we uh, we had, uh, you know, a sort of a, a, a massive build-up. I think New South Wales came up two days before the game. Um, we'd been in camp for basically nine, I think, and uh, um, just to be in the same room as Arthur Beechin for me was just breathtaking. Um, I, I did. I hung around him like a bad smell the whole week, <laughs> uh, every training session that we had. Um, but the only time I didn't hang around him was when it was time for dinner or lunch. Uh, I wasn't going to get too much at the uh, at the table. But to learn so much in a short period of time off uh, off a man that um, you know was uh, um, the number one target for uh, for footy fans in Queensland, um, it was it was something quite extraordinary. I must have asked him a hundred questions, and uh, he had time for me on every occasion to answer it. Um, and I still remember when he came up to me the first time, um, he looked at me and he said, uh, son, he said, I'm not going to um, tell any lies. I, I don't know a lot, a lot about you, um, but you, you've been picked in this side and um, plenty of people have got a, a lot of confidence in you. Um, so uh, just go out there and just play the sort of form that, uh, that got your selection in here. Don't hold back. Um, and I, uh, I kind of hung around him all night long uh, in that mm. game. It was probably the worst thing I, I, I could have done rather than just trying something a, a little bit different. Um, but uh, what Arthur installed uh, into us was uh, a sense of uh, self-belief. Um, and uh, we really thought that, um, you know, we, we were definitely a chance of beating New South Wales. And thankfully... Um, uh, thankfully, we were. We, we did get a couple of good decisions from the English <laughs> Reverend referee, Robert Whitfield. Uh, he helped us. I think it was two tries apiece, and Mal kicked seven out of seven that night. He was another 20-year-old boy. He turned 20 that day. Um, but um, we had the chance to, you know, to, to go out there and uh, uh, and have the privilege of playing alongside some of the most talented players currently playing rugby league, you know, beat so Rod Reddy and, they were, and Rod Morris were, were the guys that um, in the front row certainly gave us uh, a little bit of dominance up the middle. And, and Wally, uh, an 18-year-old, Reese Walsh, who will he be hanging around this week? How will he learn? How will he approach Origin? Yeah, he's, um, he's one of those guys that seem to have uh, just natural raw talent. Um, uh, if if uh, he continues to play a similar game, I don't think he's going to be hanging around uh, some of the other players all that much, but sort of displaying his own uh, his own talents. I do expect that New South Wales will make life tough for him. Uh, that'd probably be uh, you know an advisable thing for them to do to uh, uh, to indicate that it's a little bit different to uh, to regular club football. Um, but if he needs to uh, you know to to hang around one per- person in particular, um, I think uh, he'll do that from Cameron Munster who seems to be displaying a pretty good uh, ball play at the moment uh, to provide opportunities for him. But um, he just has that, uh, that extra sense. He uh, um, ventures into, uh, into areas where you know, not a lot of people see there as being a possibility of attack. Um, and he turns it into some uh, some good news. So I just hope that that's, uh, that's going to be the case and, uh, and the big game occasion is not going to get to him too much. Well, you mentioned Cameron Munster there. He's wearing that famous Queensland number six jersey. I thought he had one of his quieter games in Origin One. What do you expect from him uh, on Sunday night? 
Yeah, well, having just watched their, their final training session this morning, um, he looked like he was pretty determined to get his hands on the ball. He was screaming for it. Most of the play uh, in the training sessions tended to revolve around him. Now, I know it's going to be completely, it could be completely different in the game, but uh, I think that uh, in particular, um, you know, he and, uh, and DCE must know that, uh, that they've got to lead the way. Um, there's a lot of guys there that uh, certainly do have plenty of uh, talent, plenty of ability, um, but they've got to be put on the front foot. Um, and the only way to do that is to make sure that your most experienced players, the leaders, um, can get out there and, uh, and make sure that uh, everybody else sees the performance that's coming. Well, what have you made of Nathan Cleary's form of late? At club level, obviously, you're a player that was yeah. so well known for controlling you know, the, the, the kicking element, the, the game management, the tempo. What sort of form uh. is he in at the moment? Fantastic, unbelievable form. He's uh, and uh, the thing that I've sort of, you know, I've got to sort of uh, see him over the last couple of years, and and uh, there's no BS about him either. He's 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 a lovely bloke off the field, um, but his uh, his ability on the field this year has just gone ahead in leaps and bounds. He's he's displaying the best form of his career, and uh, the one thing that it's doing, it's providing opportunities for for those around him. Um, Jerome Luai has uh, has probably. Um, you know, he's got his own great talent, but I think he's been made to look a little bit better by the opportunities provided inside. But it hasn't just been his, uh, you know, his, his attacking play and his, uh, and his kicking game, and certainly his goal kicking that's, uh, that's been the most important feature of the lot. It's been his leadership. Mm. Um, he's, uh, he's really stepped up uh, a level there, and he's, uh, he's making it a lot more comfortable for the New South Wales teammates. You just watched their last session, Wall. Um uh, Papali back, Christian Welsh. Um, talking about leadership in this game, you'd, you'd think that the front row for the Queenslanders have got to really stand up this this game on Sunday night. I mean, there there's nothing to lose really. I suppose fifty points to six, you can't get any worse than that in an Origin game. They're the ones who've got to roll their sleeves up and, and get the muscle, aren't they? Yeah, that's right, MG. They. Um, you know, they, they've got to lead uh, lead their way. It, it didn't go well in game one. You know, we uh, uh, we lost one of them um, uh, sort of early in the match, and it uh, it, it didn't tend to uh, uh, to promise a great future from uh, from there on. But um, yeah, yeah, you're right. And uh, New South Wales, um, boy, they uh, they just went uh, you know from from strength to strength in that area. And I thought you know whilst uh, a lot of the other players got the credit for it. You know, Cleary being one of those, um, it was the big boys up front that uh, just dominated, uh, uh, dominated the throne and, uh, and and really made life tough for Queensland. Well, you're just sliding slightly to the left. The, the women's game last night, eight six uh, Queensland. Good game of footy, some errors, but the intensity was terrific. Yeah, it always is. Um, I, I think everybody that watches it for the first time are amazed. Uh, the talent that's on display, um, they were pretty ordinary conditions to play in. It must have been really tough for, uh, for each and every one of them. Uh, certainly uh, it wasn't easy at all. Um, but uh, the standard of, uh, of rugby league uh, in, the, uh, in the women's list um, is fantastic at the moment. I love watching their game. You, you sort of sit there and you're gobsmacked with uh, just how good they are. And hopefully the next time that uh, we get to see a match of, uh, of that standard, of that importance, uh, it'll be in dry conditions, and I'm sure at the end of the game, everybody will sit, be sitting there, um, you know, just uh, wanting uh, to, to book a spot for the next game. They really do display wonderful talent. Well, speaking of being gobsmacked, can I take it to the Brisbane Broncos? You're up there at the moment. Um, is it as dysfunctional as it seems? Is, is it as bad as it seems externally? Um, it's, it's not good at the moment. Um, I go along to virtually every training session, uh, see the games. Um, it's not good, um, but certainly there needs to be some uh, uh, decisions made and, 
uh, even if it means getting you know a, a little bit um, a little bit hard. A little bit. Sorry, I better rephrase that. Getting a little bit different, um, and uh, you know, making uh, making sure that uh, what the coach asks for, he gets provided. Otherwise, the players can simply move out. But uh, I've got to say that it really has been disappointing. The Broncos over the years have uh, have really got a good um, um, process of uh, spotting some good talent, putting it in the Broncos, and they go ahead and leaps and bounds. That hasn't happened this this year. It didn't happen last year, um, and uh, they really have uh, a lot of trouble with uh, um, with confidence at the moment. The saddest, most disappointing thing is that uh, we're starting to see enormous criticism now uh, in Brisbane circles um, of uh, of Kevin Walters as the coach and uh, and of some of the players. Uh, sure, they're not doing too well, but they're not going out. They're not doing it intentionally. Um, if they could, they certainly would be there to uh, to please. Um, everybody watching, and uh, it's a, it's a massive learning process going on. Let's hope they can turn that around. Well, just back to the, the coaching element, you mentioned it there and spoke about Kevy, but in relation to the origin, you've coached at that level. Now, Paul Green's come in. He's under a fair bit of pressure after what happened in Game 1. What, what's what, what's the most important thing he gets right in the build-up for Game 2? Um, I think he's uh, you know probably got to have a look at the, uh, the, the game plan that suits the players that he have has at hand. Sure, the players are capable of, uh, of changing their game a little bit, but um, I think uh, when you can you know uh, have a game that's uh, based around um, a group of players in the team, such as the uh, the um, you know the game plan that's going off at the Blues at the moment. Freddie's doing a great job, and it's basically you know Penrith, Penrith, and a bit more Penrith. Why change something that um, you know if it's been quite successful? And I think he's going to try and make sure that it is a game plan that's um, really going to suit uh, Queensland strength, and particularly that of the halves. Uh, the forwards are going to try and hold their own, but it's uh, the, the, the attacking chances for Queensland certainly revolve around uh, their six and seven. Um, hopefully, if uh, uh, everything goes right. Um, uh, you know that, uh, that that may provide a good start for them. How how much focus do you put on game plans and things like that, while as opposed to just getting the guys emotionally ready for the contest? Um, well, I think the the emotion that'll come around uh, a little bit of embarrassment as well from uh, from game one. The emotion will they'll want to perform better, uh, particularly with the game being at uh, at Suncorp Stadium. They'll. Game one was in Queensland, but uh, there is no place that has emotion attached to it like Suncorp. And certainly the players will feel responsible when they go out there. Um, whether they actually perform to the standard that's required to beat New South Wales, uh, I guess only time will tell. But uh, the Blues, uh, they are uh, white hot at the moment. It will need Queensland's best to, to even test them. All right. If you are listening in Brisbane uh, after you've gone to Suncorp and got your photograph with Wally's statue, uh, get to Roma Street, get a photograph with the mural or listen to him as he helps call the game tomorrow evening. Uh, as ever, Wally Lewis, it is a pleasure and a privilege to chat with you. Thank you, boys. See you, Wally. The Triple M Saturday Scrub for King G. Triple M rocks free. Yeah, huge thanks to our friends at King G. The end of financial year is the perfect time to invest in premium work gear, and that, of course, means King G. King G's gear has been engineered for both uh, durability and comfort. Their men's and women's range both feature performance fabrics and technologies so you can look and perform your best every day. King G, a true Aussie icon since 1926, and here is another Aussie icon. Mail. All right. Well, well, well let's start with uh, the doggies, Reedy. 
Well, we should. They're in the news, aren't mm. they? Um, obviously, got what five players now under investigation by the NRL for breaching protocols. It was a tough day for them yesterday. I felt for them a bit because. Um, was a couple of reasons. One, uh, they've always obviously been waiting to hear back from Sean Johnson's camp, and like everyone, they were caught off guard when Sean announced he was going back back to New Zealand, a two-year deal with the Warriors. Um, and basically, they've been for well. And, and on top of that, they then get the news that Nick Meaney, uh, the young fullback slash mm. outside back, had agreed to join Melbourne. Now, um, I, as I understand it, they actually made a late play to try and keep Nick Meaney. They offered him an upgraded deal. They'd, they'd made an offer, but Melbourne had obviously come to the table as well. Canterbury tried to keep him with an upgraded deal, uh, and Meaney stuck um, stuck stuck with Melbourne and went to the storm. So it was a tough day for them. Now, they've got a meeting on Tuesday, a recruitment meeting, where they'll sit down and discuss uh, where they go next. Um, I'd expect they'll discuss Tavita Pangai at that meeting. Um, I think Tavita Pangai, well, I'm not saying they're going, they're going to make a play for him. They're going to certainly talk about Tavita um, and whether he's a player they should look at because I know there's a couple of positions in particular they, they want to fill. Obviously, uh, you know, halfback was a luxury for them, I think. I think Sean wasn't necessarily... Um, a, a, a priority for them, but I think they realised it was almost too good to knock back Sean because he was coming. He would have come at a decent freight. Is, is that good news for Kyle Flanagan? He might, might get an opportunity in the next little while. I'm not sure, yeah. but will he next year now? Well, you would think so. I mean, it's not. I wouldn't have thought it's. It's not bad news for him, given yeah. there's not a full, there's not a halfback coming over the top of him. Um, but I would have thought they'll now look at uh, middles. They need middles. That's why Tavita's on their radar. And they need a hooker. And Brandon Smith's obviously the guy that they and the Gold Coast and any club that's looking for a hooker um, wants. And I'd say they'll re-energise and refocus towards um, potentially seeing whether they can get Brandon Smith at the end of the year. That's going to be difficult for them because he's got a year left on his deal at Melbourne, and Melbourne have so far shown no appetite to let Brandon Smith go. Um, but Tavita Pangai is the interesting one now because um, he's suspended. He's, he won't play again for another three three weeks or so. Um, and there's a couple of clubs looking at him. We've mentioned the West Tigers before. St. George are actually keeping a, a, a watching brief on him. Mm. Um, they are interested. They've contacted his, his camp just to find out what um, what Tavita, what it would require potentially to sign Tavita. Now, they haven't decided yet whether they will progress with that, but they're certainly monitoring the situation. The Dragons that just was... want another another player that Brisbane are part paying for. <laughs> exactly. as, as <laughs> well, imagine if that happened, because yeah. I imagine Brisbane will have to chip some money in for yeah. him. They've got McCulloch, Bird, yeah. who are chip, they're chipping money, and they, they could potentially get Tavita Pangai and have some money chipped in for him. So if that was the case, I mean, it's very smart by the Dragons. Yep. But yeah, I think very. if they sign Tavita, they would need... There would need to be some movement in that club. There's some whispers going around about some movement at the Dragons. They're looking at potentially uh, allowing at least one player to leave, high-profile player. So um, if there, there's this domino effect, I think we're going to see it's going to unfold over the next month or so, leading into August 1. And you've got several clubs who are in the middle of it. The Dragons are one of them. Canterbury are definitely one of them. Uh, and obviously the Broncos. And those three could find themselves um, intertwined in the Tavita Pangai situation. Can you give us a hint about the the player of high profile? Um, forward forward pro- or back? He's a forward, yeah. He's a forward who's high what, profile. What's his name wrong with? <laughs> um, <laughs> mate, I didn't get up at the crack of dawn. Come on. <laughs> Gee, how's it rhyme with that? Oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, what about Manly? A bit of a signing drive. What's going on? Yeah, well, I mentioned the other day that they um, they're in the process of re-signing um, Brad Parker and um, I've forgotten the other bloke I mentioned, Brad Parker, another guy. Well, I'll tell you um, what it rhymes with. <laughs> yeah, tell me. Yeah, that would help. Yeah. Um, well, now uh, now they're actually uh, in the process of also re-signing Morgan Harper. So um, basically, Manly have uh, focused their energies on keeping the guys they've got. 
um, the players who've helped them through um, the current period and, 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 you know, have won, what, I don't know, six of their last seven or something. And as I said, Parker and now Morgan Harper's the next one. I think he's got another year, I think, on his deal. They're just trying to extend him out, Morgan Harper, and looks like he'll stay uh, for a longer term. So he's been a bit of a surprise packer this year, Morgan Harper. I think he's been one of their better players and he's a popular bloke at the club. Uh, it looks like they're going to keep him for a bit longer yet. So they're, they're progressing well, Manly. All right, Reedy, as ever, thank you so much. Plenty to come on the Saturday Scrum. We'll catch up with Queensland's Jai Arrow next. Triple M, Saturday Scrum for King G. Triple M rocks footy. Lovely to have your company. Uh, for those listeners in Sydney, I should just point out a bit of an update with this uh, COVID situation. Premier Gladys Berejiklian will have another press conference at 2 o'clock, uh, an update with what was going on. As we said, there was 29 uh, new cases, 17 of, of which, of course, had come from the day before but didn't fall within that time frame. Uh, the worrying thing was that the exposure sites were... Some of them were now from outside those local government areas that had already been locked down. A crisis cabinet meeting was held and a press conference in roughly half an hour, two o'clock. Right now, though, what a great pleasure to welcome from inside uh, Queensland State of Origin camp, the number 11, Jai Arrow. G'day, mate. Hey, boys. How are you going? Very, very well, thank you. While all this COVID stuff happens, man, there's not going to be any blue shirts at Suncorp Stadium uh, on the other side of the fence. You're pumped, ready to go? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's always um, yeah, a good preparation when... When you're playing at Suncorp, so looking forward to the challenge, and we're um, yeah we're on tomorrow, so nah, we're very looking forward to it. Always a different camp when you go in uh, losing game one for week two. How's it been this week for you, Joy? Yeah, yeah. Look, obviously um, it's a do or die for us, so we've um, you know sort of toned it up a bit. Um, training's been more intense, so we're um, we're definitely ready for, for the challenge, and uh, we're going to have to be on. And um, yeah, look, it's. It's a big chance for us, but we're up for it, that's for sure, especially at home um, in front of the Queensland fans. That just definitely helps. Joy, how do you stop Tommy Trevojevic? Oh, look, he was... Um, he's been tremendous ever since he's sort of come back. And, um, yeah, look, I suppose we just got to spot him. He obviously likes to float around the field. He's been given a licence to float around the field, so... Um, it's just it's making sure we're identifying that and um, to move numbers sort of towards him because uh, he's a you know, he's a strong body he's a big body but uh, we want to get stuck into him and uh, you know hopefully um, have him off his game so um, definitely have to be on our toes but um, yeah just just more identifying him um, you know hopefully yelling his name out and then he sort of um, has the attention that we're on we're on. You're showing your versatility. You started the year off the bench for the Rabbitohs. You played lock. You played front row. Now you're in the back row for Queensland. What's your proverb? If you had to, uh, someone said to you, where, where, where do you like playing best? Where would it be, where would that be, Joy? Uh, maybe next time moving to halfback. Give it a go. But, <laughs> uh, look, um, yeah, look, I obviously have played in the middle third my whole life, and um, I'm obviously just starting to sort of learn that back row role. But uh, I'm enjoying that, especially with my gas at the start of the game, and then. Uh, move into the middle, um, you know, after 25, 30 minutes, it sort of helps with my gas a bit. Um, but I'm definitely uh, more comfortable in that middle third. Um, that's for sure. But um, definitely get to sort of know, know my back row role. And, and I enjoy it, actually. I do enjoy being out there and having, a, I guess, a little bit more of a break than, than usual when you're stuck in the middle, getting absolutely pummeled and bashed every, every sort of three or four tackles or so through the set. Jai, I guess the question that would have been asked most often of anybody in the Queensland camp this week is how is Reese Walsh fitting in? Young kid, 18, uh, a lot to learn, but also a lot to give. 
No, yeah, absolutely. Really, really, he's, he's fitted in really well. He, he's a confident kid. He, he knows what to say. He, he knows how to play the game. So he's um, obviously raring to go, and um, yeah, I'm sure he'll do, he will do a great job for us. He's um, you know, been given the right sort of tactics and, and given the uh, right advice from from the right people. So I have no doubt he'll he'll um, go out there and thrive off the thrive off the challenge of Origin and, um, as an 18 year old kid. That's I suppose that's what you dream of is is um, to born in front of uh, 55,000 Queensland fans and um, in sort of a do or die um, situation for ourselves. So he, he'll relish it. He'll enjoy the challenge. Mate, he comes across a bit of a showman, a bit of a, a bit bit of a cocky kid. What's what's he like to be around? No, no, yeah, look, I wouldn't say he's cocky at all. Uh, you know, he, he has the ability to you know um, play footy and. I'm sure that's what he'll do tomorrow. He'll, um, you know, he's confident in what he does, and and that's all we can ask for is for him to be confident. And um, you know, he's here for a reason. So play the way he's been playing and um, enjoy the challenge as he as he as he takes it. If, if you wouldn't call Reese cocky, would you call Jerome Luai cocky? <laughs> oh no, we won't go there, will we? Your MG touched on your role tomorrow. Um, You'll be coming up against a, a, a good mate of yours and a teammate of yours that you know a fair bit about. That'll be a challenge you'd be looking forward to, I would imagine. Cam Murray, you really shut down uh, Dave Fafita in game one. Uh, how are you going to tackle that project? Yeah, absolutely. It's obviously good going against your, your club teammate. Uh, you know, Camo sort of, he hasn't really played much on the edge as well, so there's two um, headless chooks out there <laughs> trying to do their best. So, um, yeah, no, it'll, it'll be good and um, yeah, I'm very, very excited to come up against my teammate. Uh, no doubt there'll be, be a little bit of uh, niggle and um, chat thrown, no doubt, and a little bit of facial, hopefully, but uh, we'll make off the field and, um, yeah, we'll enjoy that. Um, yeah, enjoy the challenge against each other. Hey, Joe, what sort of conditions are you in at the moment in terms of protocols and so on with the, with COVID? What, what are you allowed to do? Yeah, so we just got, um, we just got told that uh, we're in, uh, complete lockdown at the at the hotel, and um, but obviously we want to get the game rolling. So we just got to put our hands up and, and do the right thing by the game, and um, you know follow the rules. So yeah, at the moment we're just at the hotel, and um, if we get told more, then we'll sort of get being notified and uh, be able to do sort of those things. But as for now, we're just sort of standby, uh, trying to figure out what the goal is. Are you saying you just got told that news? Yeah, yeah, so we just got told just for now we, uh, we're on sort of standby just to stay at the hotel and uh, when, that, when we know more, we'll, we'll um, let you know. Uh, mate, Christian Welsh copped a, a, not only a knot from Brian Toi when they uh, clashed heads, but uh, from his mum saying, well, Brian Toi stayed on, scored two tries, and uh, Chris, Christian had to go. <laughs> Yeah. Oh well, he's not doing. He's not doing too well in the head department, so he can't afford to take too many more knocks. <laughs> I'm just looking at him. Yeah, look at him. <laughs> who are you? Who are you rooming with, Joy? No, nah, no, nah, rooming with myself. So. Oh, you got your uh, own room up there. Rooms. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's unbelievable. I bet it's good for oh, the, yeah. it's good for the sleeping part of it. It's good for the sleeping part of it, but for the. You know, I wanted to hang out with the boys and that. You've got to uh, come down to the team room. We've got plenty going on in here with cards and uh, yep. stuff like that. A little so. bit of table tennis? Yeah. Uh, no, no table tennis, actually. Nah. It was it was at the um, was it the Gold Coast, but we're in Brisbane now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's no table tennis. Do, no. Does money exchange uh, change hands in the card games? Sorry, what's that? Is there money on the card games or are you just, you know, playing euchre? 
No, yeah, it wouldn't be cards if there wasn't money on the line, and especially when you're born shitless at the hotel. Hello, <laughs> uh, hey mate, thanks for taking time out though to have a chat with us. We really, really appreciate it. All the best for tomorrow evening. No, thanks, boys. Enjoy. There he is, Jai Arrow, a thoroughly decent bloke, uh, mm. and uh, he, I, hope he, I hope he plays well. Hey, Not Tony, is there ten. a chance, mm. uh, given where we are in Sydney at the moment, yes. that game three, we could have all, ga- all three games played up in Brisbane this year? In Queensland this year? Queensland. Well, that, that is an interesting point, isn't it? Because it, certainly at the, the last word from Peter Blandius was, no, nah, it's going to go ahead, even if it was only 40,000 people at ANZ Stadium if they needed to restrict the numbers. But mm. who knows what we're going to hear from uh, Premier Berejiklian in twenty. 21 minutes time and what the protocols are going to be. How, how many weeks away are we ready from game three? Uh, two, 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 two weeks, yeah. Two and a half, yeah, it's yeah. Two and a half weeks half after this week, yeah. so yeah. the Wednesday yeah. in two weeks. Yeah. Absolutely interesting point to see mm. what happens there. Uh, let's get into this. simple operation. I put some statements to me. You tell me whether you believe it or not and why. Why don't we start with this. Josh Papali says he wants to play for Samoa in the World Cup. Now, believe it or not, if you pledge national allegiance to a country other than Australia, you should not be eligible for state of origin. So Josh Papali'i would be one. uh, Jerome Luai would be another. Good. Um... <laughs> That's not, uh, I believe it. <laughs> you believe it? Well, I, I believe the red it. Through Jerome and, and Josh well, well, I'm it. just saying, at some point, if they move Samoa, like Tonga, to the Tier 1, mm-hmm. well, then they're going to have to make a decision on who they want to play for. And looking at the side that Samoa can field, they couldn't be far away from from being elevated to a Tier 1 team, and then they might have to make a decision. I have no problem with these guys playing for the, their selected states, given the fact that you know Jerome was born in Sydney and was raised in Mount Druitt, and Josh was obviously raised in Queensland. So they tick all the boxes and the criteria in that regard, but if they make Samoa a Tier 1 country, which couldn't be too far away from, then the guys like the guys that represent um, Tonga... They're yep. going to have to make those uh, those choices, and they're going to be hard ones. Mount Druitt, though, it, it ticks the box for being in Australia, too. It certainly does. So, I don't know. Absolutely. Well, Mal Meninga has mentioned this before. Reedy, what are your thoughts? Uh, I believe it where Tier 1 nations are concerned, but not Tier 2. I think that would be too damaging to the, the Pacific Island nations. So, um, I believe it with a caveat. Yeah, I'm with you, Reedy. I think the goalposts have changed somewhat in the last five to ten years, and... I'm, I'm all from about promoting test footy and I think um, if you're going to penalise those players who want to play for their country of birth but have played all their junior footy in Australia, it's a little bit harsh but I understand it. I, I probably agree with both Gerds and Rudy to a certain degree as far as uh, tier one teams, yeah, I suppose you've got to then make a line in the sand. But I don't want to see guys like Papa Lee here and, and Luai lost to the state either. No. All right, so you also believe it with the caveat? Yes. Or, or a Negroni? Caveats. I believe it with the Negroni. All right, uh, now, <laughs> <laughs> Warriors recruit man Peter O'Sullivan uh, talking about what we've talked about, Sean Johnson likely while he's heading to the Warriors. Uh, he said, and I want to know if you believe it or not, Sean Johnson is a better player than the other man they've been discussing, Gareth Widder. MG. Oh, believe it. Every day of the week. Yeah, I believe it. Widdop's a great player. Um, but I think, you know, isn't uh, Johnson a golden boot winner? I mean, he's... Uh, I think we forget how good he is, this bloke. Um, come back with... You know, last year, I think he came back with a bit of form and then he had an Achilles injury. But I, I really rate Sean Johnson. I think on his day, he's one of the best halfbacks that we've seen in a long time. And 
Unfortunately for Gareth, I think he uh, he pips him. Ready? Who am I to argue with Diamond Eye? Diamond Eye O'Sullivan, the man who discovered Fallow in Inglis. Uh, I, I agree with him. I think Sean... Look, I haven't seen a lot of Gareth Whittup, to be fair, in the last couple of years because he's been in England. I'm told he's playing really good footy over there, but you know, Sean's coming back from a serious Achilles problem. He's playing pretty good football at the moment, and I just think he's a better fit for the Warriors as well. I mean, it's a great story for that club. Um, you know, Obviously, when he left, it was pretty acrimonious. They, had a, they cleared the air during the week. Um, and I think Sean's ready to go back there and be a leader. So I think he's a better fit for that club all round. Just depends on what you want him for and what the club... Like, if I look at the, the Warriors and why they're bringing Sean Johnson across, is to play the seven role. They've obviously identified that Harris DeVita is not the man they want to move forward with <laughs> in that position. Um, and they've got Nick Arima at six. So I, I, don't, I, see, I see a better uh, combination of, of Nick Arima and Johnson than I do of Widdop and Nick Arima. Yeah. All right, well, look, we're, we're swiftly running out of time. I was going to ask you, do you think uh, now, Brisbane Fireworks, is that not the best name for an that, NRL that's franchise? Ridiculous. That's Fire ridiculous. Hawk. It's a wonderful about, bird. It gets the nah, leaf that may be on fire. It flies over. It puts ridiculous. it somewhere. It starts a grass fire so it can what find about the its Brisbane prey. Bunyips? The bunyips. Yeah, the bunyips. Uh, the Brisbane uh, bunyips. That's a, what's that like? Some sort of mythical indigenous creature, isn't <laughs> it? Sort of like the otter. <laughs> I love a bunyip. It's a real animal. Is it? The bunyip. You show me one. You show me a bunyip. Ready? (laughs) All right. So so the bunyip. So the firehawks are out. Okay. All right. Well, look, we have 25 seconds in that time. Uh, MG, who who wins tomorrow by how much? Uh, First try scorer, the Fox. Nathan Cleary, man of the match. Score, 32-16, New South Wales. I I like that. Okay. Oh, that's New South Wales by 14. First try scorer, yeah, the Fox, because he didn't get one in game one. Okay. Uh, what do you got for me, Rudy? Queensland by 10, Val Holmes, first try score. That's where we leave it. Triple M rocks the footy. <laughs> Triple M's Saturday Scrum for King G. Pushing the limits in comfort, technology and design. Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream.